0: Welcome to the Peg Leg Podcast. I'm Greg Marshall, telling stories with a limp. True stories about mistakes, missteps, and inspiring encounters that change the trajectory of life. You're listening to episode 8. It's called Sneaking Into the Tunnels Beneath Our School and Discovering the Best Way to Live. This story is one of my personal favorites. It's like a it's like a metaphor for life. We're also busy living on the surface, and we rarely take time or the risk to go deeper. We meet people and talk only about the weather, when we could ask thoughtful questions and learn someone's story. We go to work and complete tasks without ever wondering what the purpose of it is. We treat our homes like hiding places and rarely take time to know our neighbors. We live on the surface, when some of the greatest adventures are right beneath our noses. I was five years old when a movie called The Goonies was released. In the film, a band of kids who live in the Goondocks neighborhood of Astoria, Oregon, attempt to save their homes from foreclosure, and in doing so, they discover an old treasure map that takes them on an adventure to unearth the long-lost fortune of One-Eyed Willie, a legendary 17th-century pirate. During the entire adventure, they are chased by a family of criminals who also want the treasure for themselves. Millions of kids became captive to that story, These kids taking their future into their own hands, risking their lives for an adventure and hidden treasures. That film stirred something deep and wonderful in a lot of us. In a way, I feel like my childhood friends and I had an unwritten agreement to be the Goonies in our town. We went to great lengths to find adventures, occasionally risking our lives, or at least our reputations, to explore and experiment in whatever ways we could imagine you'd be amazed at what we were able to accomplish. My favorite Goonie-like adventure took place in the hidden tunnels under our high school. Our story isn't all that different from the movie. We were drawn to those tunnels, knowing a treasure might be found there, a treasure that could change the course of our lives. We took a risk in exploring those tunnels, and we encountered more than one booby trap. We weren't running from a crime family, But on multiple occasions, we narrowly escaped Lars and his staff of what we called evil custodians. It all started during study hour when a group of us were hanging out in the band room. We overheard some upperclassmen talking about a trap door in one of the practice rooms. A trap door and tunnels. Those words drew us in like a moth to a flame. The two older students saw the raw curiosity that poured out of our eyes and they knew what to do. They knew it was their responsibility to show us their secret. We were led into the practice room where the percussion instruments were kept, snare drums, cymbals, and the large bass drum. Under the large bass drum was a metal door that I had never noticed before. The upperclassmen, our mentors, moved the large bass drum to clear the way for opening the door to our next and greatest adventure. When the seal of that metal door broke to reveal a dusty, cramped, yet surprisingly navigable tunnel, our hearts filled with a knowing that this was just the beginning. Those tunnels called us like the treasure map of one-eyed Willie had called the Goonies. That day we dipped our toes in. We got into the tunnel, but we didn't venture far. That would eventually change. At At this point, there were a handful of us who knew about the tunnels, For each of us, the alluring draw of this hidden passageway became nearly an obsession. We began scheming about how to gain access to the tunnels. We had to. This was a matter of conviction, responsibility. How could we know about secret tunnels and not do everything in our power to explore them? We knew there had to be a treasure down there, and we had to find it. The band room became our first entry point. It gave us quick and easy access, but it came with great dangers. Mrs. Weber, the band teacher, was always very present to the students who were in her room. Anytime we entered the tunnels, we knew we would only have a few moments before she and her most loyal students would become suspicious. We had to find another way in. We started looking for and noticing other trapdoors throughout the school, in classrooms, in the gymnasium. They were scattered throughout the building. How did we not notice or appreciate these mysterious little doors before the desire to navigate this magical maze of goonie-like goodness grew stronger every day but the new doors wouldn't open they were sealed shut we had to find a new way in then it dawned on us the boiler room there were many occasions when we would need to borrow keys from a teacher or a coach to open a closet or a classroom And when a teacher would give us their keys, we knew it was our responsibility to be trustworthy. But we also knew that we had a responsibility to the next generation of young goonies who would one day walk these halls. How could we look them in the eye and say we had an opportunity to unlock the secrets of the boiler room and explore the tunnels, but didn't because we were afraid of getting in trouble? If the Goonies had lived that way, their neighborhood would have been demolished and replaced by some developer's ridiculous golf course. We unlocked that boiler room. Walking down those stairs into the living metal heart of the school felt like a coming-of-age moment. We knew this was special. It was a little scary, mostly exciting. There was probably three or four of us down there that first time. We quietly moved together, avoiding the large equipment that pumped air into the lungs of our school. And then we saw them, the entryways to the tunnel. There were several openings, our hearts filled with excitement. We darted to the one that looked the most inviting. If it weren't for the darkness and thick cobwebs, we would have scurried into that tunnel immediately. Instead, we took a moment to assess the situation. No one wanted to go first because of the thick spider string that caked the entrance. At that moment, in my heart, I knew I had to be a leader. It was time to step up and do the right thing. I volunteered to go first. We found a light switch that illuminated the first stretch of the tunnel. I swatted the cobwebs and moved in. My friends followed. The dust, the pipes, the smell, it all felt magical. We knew that no matter what dangers lie ahead, we had already found part of the treasure. Being there was the treasure. We crawled and whispered our way forward, knowing Lars and his team of evil custodians could stumble onto us at any time. We didn't care. This was too important. This was our time down here, and we had to make the most of it. Our desire for the tunnels went from an obsessive curiosity to an uncontrollable addiction. Every chance we had, we ventured into the arteries of our school. We took advantage of every free moment we had. Little by little, we revealed our secrets to other trusted friends. We called ourselves the Tunnel Boys. There were nine of us officially, but we sensed that a majority of our classmates were behind us. The words spread quietly but quickly. It wasn't long before most everyone we knew knew about the secret missions that were underway." After several weeks, we had not yet found any treasure of financial value, so we adjusted our thinking. We knew we may indeed one day find that treasure, but in the meantime, we had to make the most of our time down there. We began mapping the tunnels, drawing the twists and turns that seemed to go a million different directions. Maybe this was to be our legacy. Maybe we would be the Moses of our Goonie generation, leading the way but not entering the promised land. If that would be the case, we knew we needed to pass on a clear and compelling map matrix for our future tunnelers. As the months and years went on, we became more innovative in our methods. We found and brought knee pads to make tunnel traveling easier on our joints. One of my friends had the brilliant idea of using small wooden carts that had wheels in order to move effortlessly through the square-shaped dusty tunnels. These were carts that were used to move wrestling mats from one location to another. At all times, we looked for opportunities, moments to explore. An alumni basketball tournament, a forensics tournament, and the always reliable study hall. One afternoon during study hall, a group of us decided to take the risk of entering the tunnels through the band's percussion room. We knew it would be risky, but we had to try. Our plan was to utilize team members within the band room, having them distract from our absence. It worked. We entered the tunnels. Our mission was to see if we could break the seal and open additional trap doors throughout the school. Deep into one of the less explored passageways, we found what seemed to be the perfect door. By our estimation, this door was in an obscure part of the school. Opening this door should not be dangerous. Each of us took turns pushing on the door. It wouldn't budge. We nearly gave up. And then I felt a strong current of motivation rise up in me. I knew we had to do this. I positioned myself under that door, placing my shoulders against it, my legs in the squat position. I pushed up with all the strength I had. The seal began to crack. The joy of accomplishment began stirring in our hearts, and then it happened. The door broke open, and I went up with it. My head and shoulders popped out of the trap door, and for a split second, I felt like a hero. And then I saw where I was. I was in Mrs. Martindale's English class. She was writing on the board. My classmates turned in shock to see me poking out of the floor. The opening of the trap door had also knocked over a bookshelf. So Mrs. Martindale started turning around to see what in the heck was going on. Everything was in slow motion. I could see the surprise and delight on the faces of my classmates. I saw happiness in their eyes. I felt fear in mine. I dropped as quickly as I could before Mrs. Martindale could lay her eyes on me. We shut the trap door and scurried back to the band room. At that point, we weren't sure if I had been seen. We knew our classmates would likely keep our secret, but if Mrs. Martindale had seen me, her response would be unpredictable. Unpredictable and not good. After some days passed, we were not called into the office, so we thought we were in the clear. We sensed it was time to go deep and to make some decisions. This wasn't just about finding the treasure anymore. This was about legacy. It was time to finish the map, and start creating our time capsule. One day, we decided to execute on an after-school expedition. We needed more time and less risk. Our alibi was the weight room. We dressed in our workout clothes and waited for the hallways to be empty. The flashlights were pulled from our lockers and we started making our way to the unlocked boiler room door. Just then, Mr. Hansen, the athletic director, turned the corner and walked toward us. It would have been easy to panic But we had to trust our plan. We kept walking in his direction toward the weight room, hiding the flashlights behind our backs. Our hearts were pounding. We got closer and closer, and I noticed he wasn't even looking at us. He looked straight ahead as he walked in our direction. As we stepped calmly forward, we found ourselves shoulder to shoulder with this authority figure moving steadily onward, and I thought, we're gonna make it. He's not gonna say anything. But then he spoke. He glanced over at us as he walked past and he said, pretty dark in those tunnels, eh, boys? We were stunned. With every step we took, we wondered if we'd be apprehended. The tension was so thick. The only thing we could think to do was keep walking. We turned the corner as quick as we could and regrouped only a few steps from the boiler room door. We knew the adventure was going to come to an end soon because the teachers knew. That was it. It was now or never. We had to finish the loop, if at all possible, and plant our time capsule in the deepest, darkest, most remote part of the tunnels. We had been tunneling since freshman year, and now we were seniors. All the times we went down there, we never truly considered that there might be a day when we could never go back. The boiler room felt alive as we walked down those steps for the last time. We felt connected to it. The metal steps, the rusty pipes, the large furnaces, concrete floors and communities of spiders. All of it felt so familiar, but this time we would be saying goodbye. We entered one of the tunnel entrances partially grieving the fact that we had not successfully mapped the the tunnels in their entirety. There was one part of the loop that was slightly flooded and not passable. But this act of leaving our time capsule, the letter we had written, this was enough. We placed the letter in a deep and dark dead end within the tunnels. It was so far back that we wondered out loud if the letter would ever be found. We were comfortable with that. This act of legacy was more about letting go than anything. The letter was titled, A Little Message from the Desk of the Tunnel Boys. It read like this, All right, here's the scenario. It is finally our senior year. It's November 12, 1997. We've been tunneling for four years now. It doesn't seem very long. It's like it was yesterday Durst and Walby were showing us the way through the dust in asbestos-filled tunnels. So Durst and Walby were the upperclassmen who introduced us to the tunnels in the first place. The letter continued, Since the last Tunnel Boys newsletter, We've run into some bad news. The great concrete high school, we the Tunnel Boys know, will be no longer. By the time anyone reads this, the building will be an elementary school filled with kids incapable of voyaging through the dark, cramped holes of death. Then the letter went on to describe some things we wish we would have done, like throwing parties and filming the tunnels. And then it ended in this way. Lately, Lars and his staff of evil custodians have replaced the insulation wrapped around the pipes. I think the tunnels are lonely when we are not down there. That's why we are planning to sleep in the tunnels on the night before the last day of school. We, the Tunnel Boys, are in good health. Later in life, we will all probably die from the asbestos lining our lungs. It's almost time for lunch. I've got to bounce. We have all signed this letter. Thank you for reading this. And then we signed our names. Bernard Jesse Gregory Tyrone Ricky Gary Gary and three other guys who I can't name because I didn't get their permission. It felt good to plant that letter. We never did go back down. We never found a treasure chest of jewels or a secret cavern filled with pirate ships and pirate skeletons, but we did find adventure. It was fun and exciting. Granted, it was probably illegal and totally unsafe, and the custodians that we villainized in our minds were just nice people trying to do their jobs. But apart from all of that, it really was a lot of fun. I could probably make an argument that we should have gone about things differently, but when I think back to those memories, knowing we never sought to do harm to the building or to any person, I feel free to appreciate the good things. To me, it is sort of a metaphor for life. We miss out on adventures because we avoid looking into the deeper side of things. What my friends and I knew was that life becomes exciting and meaningful when we realize there's more going on than what's on the surface. When I met my wife, Laura, I told her stories like this about the tunnels and other adventures we went on. We both agreed that our life together should be an adventure, too. We weren't planning to break into any school tunnels, but we did decide to make decisions for our marriage and our family based on what would be the greatest adventure. When we're faced with a a big decision, we say to ourselves, literally, um, when we're old and sitting on the front porch, which choice is going to make for the better story? And then we choose that one. If you're bored with life, you can change that. Just look beneath the surface and start exploring. I hope you enjoyed the story of the Tunnel Boys I shared it because recently someone found the letter and delivered it back to one of my friends. I hope whoever found it smiled when they saw it. I know we would have. Thank you for listening, everyone. I'm going to leave you with some words from one of the original nine.
1: Bernard, a.k.a. BJ. Peace. Ah, I can still smell the tunnels. Under our high school Musty, humid The best part Of the tunnels I think for me Was the You know, was the discovery The uh, almost Goonies aspect of it Um, Mapping out this tunnel Trying to find out Where the different passages went to Um, At that time A lot of fun Uh, Not a lot of stuff to do In our hometown So we had fun with what we had, which I guess one of them would be the tunnels. Uh, We did get into a lot of trouble through the years. This definitely wasn't something that we should have been doing. But, you know, wholesome boys doing stuff like that, I guess people would say. I'm not quite sure. But, um, yeah, it's mostly the, you know the the need for adventure and we had it there with these tunnels um we even we went to the tunnels a lot when during class you know we would skip a class whatever maybe a study hall uh we kind of had free range in a way of our school um no one really cared where kids were at some points i guess so we would always you know just dip down into the tunnels uh, whenever we had a chance, I guess, uh, I guess we didn't care how we were dressed considering they were molt- very dusty, very dirty. Um, but Hey, you know, you get out of the tunnels, brush yourself off, go back to the next class, whatever the camaraderie, you know, we were all down there together. Um, sometimes we had flashlights. Sometimes we didn't, um, pushing each other. To go through a dark area that's pitch black. Maybe without a flashlight that day. Um, Cobwebs. Standing water. Sometimes leaky pipes. Maybe you have a spray of steam. I can still remember hearing areas where you could just hear the steam coming through a leaky pipe. Uh, You can't see it. But, you know, you keep going anyway. Lots of fun there.